You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al, go ahead and hit it. Saturday morning, and guess what? It's time for Dave's Corner Garage. My name's Dave Redinger. I'm going to throw out some names here. Brian Max, Raymond Shan, and Jonathan Schlue. And we'll explain that in a second. Okay, time's up. Brian Max is a great journalist. He's an auto tester, and he's well-known on um, YouTube. I guess that's the word we should be saying. YouTube, he's got over a million followers. Raymond Chan is with the CAA, and we're going to talk about kids going back to school Woo-hoo! next week. Happen and Jonathan Schlue is with Car Generator. He's been with us for a while, and we'll talk about that piece of equipment that saved a lot of people a lot of aggravation. Good morning, Al. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. As a matter of fact, uh, just this week we had a a storm blew up and and put out a whole bunch of power lines. So great thing that it just so happens that we got Jonathan coming on. He's got a great product, and uh, he'll tell us all about it. Yeah, it's interesting. I have a. One generator and two connections. I got one at the cottage, one at the house. Touch what I haven't used either one of them yet, but uh, we've tried it out and it does work. It really does work. It's phenomenal. So, um, you know, the, uh, talking to our tenants and talking to a lot of the garage guys I know, they're starting to get busy. Are you starting to get busy? Well, because people or kids are going to be going back to school and people are going back to their offices. So they have to resurrect or, you know, jumpstart that beater that's sitting on the side of the house for quite a while so yeah we are seeing cars in we're seeing lots of battery sales lots of brakes of course um you know the call usually comes well we had to boost it and then when we started driving it there was this horrible noise eh and uh it's music to my ears though <laughs> and also uh, what i found interesting was uh, when i put one couple of cars back on the road the tires had turned all brown mm-hmm that's because you didn't cover them. They got sunburned. I didn't. Well, I knew, but I didn't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I imagine tire sales are going to start. Yeah. Uh, we had a, a meeting this week with the folks over at Triangle Tire, and they're saying that because of the cost of shipping almost going up four times, uh, you're going to see an increase in tire prices. So if you're going to be buying tires in your near future, it better be in the near future. Because uh, the shipping costs are going to be handed down. Well, we know, and and those big shipping containers, you know, are used right across the board. It's not just tires, but everything that you pick up at Walmart or you know, lots of other places, uh, they come in from the Orient on those in those shipping containers. And as you say, the price—I think the price went used to be about three thousand dollars to ship a container, and now it's about twenty or thirty. It's like crazy money. Uh, you're absolutely correct. And worse than that, they were telling us that the ports in China, a couple of the ports, even including their major one, mm-hmm. was actually closed. And there's like three or four hundred ships waiting to unload, which increases the price. So if you're expecting stuff from China, uh, you should be buying it now. 
rather than waiting because of uh, what's going to happen. All this is due to COVID. Well, there you go. Maybe we should shop more Canadian. There, you don't have to worry about shipping. Yes, and then and, and something came down the line last night where they're talking about the uh, chips. Uh, they're saying now the chip shortage is going to be up to ni- the 2022. In other words, another year of chip shortage, which will affect the car business tremendously. Can't build new cars. Got to keep the old one on the road. If you're leasing, you know, we've told you before, keep the car. Don't trade it in. Uh, no matter what you think is a great deal, it may not be because used car prices are through the roof. Maybe we should invest in maple syrup. You know, it's Canadian and uh, everybody likes it. Uh, it's a good thing. All right. We're going to have to wrap up and uh, move on to get some callers. Uh, not callers, but sorry. We, some music. we got some advertisers happening. And Dave and I are going to be back after the break talking about. Dave, what are we talking about after the break? I have an interesting email from a gentleman with a 2015 Mercedes-Benz. And we want to discuss that. All right. Let's find out uh, what's going on with his Mercedes right after this break. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. We're back. My name is Alan Gelman. Oh, that was terrible. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Sounded like Kayuga Drag Race Sunday this weekend. All right. Sorry. I don't know what's going on here. We have a little bit of a technical hoo-ha. Anyways, this is Dave's Corner Garage. That was the voice of David Renninger up at the cottage. Dave? Yep. Uh, got an email the other day from a gentleman. Uh, he's talking about a 2015 Mercedes-Benz diesel. Uh, apparently, these vehicles have an issue with the oil cooler leaking. So he said, I had to have my oil cooler serviced last week. I thought that this, the replacement, um, I thought it was just a replacement, but the garage cleaned it up and reinstalled it with new gaskets and seals. 50 miles later, my engine failed. Uh, it actually seized, mm-hmm. and the oil light came on. I'm thinking that the garage is responsible. Where do I go from here? Well, garages do have an insurance policy. I mean, I think the first thing that we have to figure out is what caused his engine to blow. Um, you know, you have to call in a, an automotive expert to find out, you know, an engineer perhaps, to take it all apart and figure out what happened. I kind of wonder, first of all, you know, when he went in to get the oil cooler replaced, he knew beforehand, or the history says, that there was a problem with it. So mm-hmm. from, from the garage's perspective, and, and I'm not trying to weasel out of it. I'm just trying to figure it out. You know, how did he know that there was a problem with the cooler in the first place? Had it been leaking? And if it was leaking, was it leaking for a long time? And did he run out of oil? This is, of course, the key thing. Perhaps he's run out of oil more than one time already. So in that case, the damage may have been done prior to this new guy looking at the cooler. Dave? Yeah, and 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 the problem is, is it's with the Mercedes. It's probably like ten grand to replace the engine. So I mean, we're talking serious money here. So is this something that they would take to court? I, I think, like I like I mentioned, if he's dealing with a regular reputable garage, they do have an insurance policy to cover things like that. Uh, we had an issue many many years ago where an oil filter that we installed failed. You know, a week or so after we did someone's oil change. And the, mm-hmm. guy, the guy's motor blew up, and I called my insurance company, and I said, what do we do? And, uh, you know, we figured it out. The insurance company ended up making a settlement um, because as it happened, us as a garage, just like in this case, um, had, had this garage put a new cooler in, 
Well, number one, they don't make the cooler, right? They bought Correct. it from a supplier. Supplier bought it from a distributor uh, who bought it from the manufacturer. So they, they usually call it a deep pockets thing in the legal thing where they, see, uh, they, they look and see how many people were involved in this particular case, as in my oil filter, for example. Um, I didn't make the filter. Uh, my, my jobber didn't make it. His, the guy he bought it from didn't make it. So at the end of the day, we had five or six different people involved. Everybody chipped in a minimal amount. And the customer's car got taken care of. So, uh, again, it's quick. You know, people are quick to, to point a finger, but uh, we really have to get to the bottom of it before you hang the guy. Now, we should explain that any work done by a garage is warranted automatically for, what, 90 days, 5,000 kilometers? Correct, correct. But, uh, again, um, you know, I'm, I'm installing what I think is a reputable part. Uh, mm-hmm. But if the part fails, it's not my my fault, you know. Yes, we're going to try to help out a customer, but I didn't make the part, correct? That's like I tell people, I didn't make your car. I'm just trying the guy trying to keep it on the road. Yeah, you weren't there when he bought it either. <laughs> no, or when they drive it, right? And uh, Okay, you, you have a choice of two more. I'll give you the easy one. The easy one is my speedometer reads 10 kilometers slower at 60K when I drive by with those roadside speed meters. What could be the problem? I have a sixty-one, sorry, eighty-one Mercedes Benz. Can uh, you know, these cars cost a lot of money? How come every one of your questions is a Mercedes Benz? <laughs> Mercedes Benz week this week. <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough one. I mean, uh, usually with speedometers or odometers, they either work or they don't work. Um, yeah. In, in which case, it's the speedo drive, which usually gets a signal from the transmission and sends it to the speedometer head. Uh, that's usually the issue. But when you're talking about it just being out so many miles or so many kilometers an hour, you're usually talking about a gear size or a tire size and where something ah. has been changed considerably, okay? Tire size, that's the answer. As a matter of fact, I think on the newer cars, um, you can go into the computer and you can tell it which size you've got on the car. Because, for example, you know, you can have a pickup truck that has normally 16-inch wheels and Buddy's gone out and bought these big mutters that are 21-inch. Mm-hmm. You can actually go in and tell the computer what size tires are on the car so it will automatically adjust the speedometer. Interesting. I don't know how modern they are. But in the olden days, uh, yeah, if you increase the tire size, it turns slower, and the readings will be slower up on the dash because it's all mechanical. Right. Same right? thing. Like, for example, you know, when we would want to order a used rear end for somebody, you know, they'd have to get a tag number off of it because rear ends come in different gear ratios. And you want to Correct. Keep it, you want to keep it the same. All right. <laughs> Speaking of rear end, we've got to get out of here. Um, this is uh, Dave's Corner Garage. we got Brian Max coming up. And he's going to be talking about electrification. Now that, that's kind of odd coming from a racer, isn't it, Dave? I would think it's more hybrid. <laughs> All right. We'll be back with Brian and Dave and me right after this break. This is Dave's Corner Garage. Stick around. You're tuned to Dave's Corner Garage. My name is Alan Gilman, and with me is David Rediger, the guy in the big chair normally. Do you have a big, comfortable chair out there, Dave? Yeah, I stole the one out of my shop, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, take it away, my friend. Uh, We have Brian Max with us. Uh, Brian is well-known on the Internet as a road racer. I saw one of the cars you raced, by the way, Brian, over at uh, uh, Haggerty's place. They had, um, uh, what do they call those things, Doc? Oh, I've raced lots of things, Dave. ACR. um, uh, Oh, 
the Vi- the Viper ACRX. Yeah, yes. that was that. You know, Dave. In those days, I was racing 140 horsepower Honda, and then they uh, they invited me to to race a 640 horsepower Viper. Unbelievable! What a car. It's sitting there in lime green. Maybe that's the one you raced. I don't know. Good stuff. We're going to be talking about EVs. They're making their way into the market. Um, I did some quick research this morning, and I was short. I said there was only a few manufacturers, but apparently Honda, Toyota, Hyundai, uh, what do you call it, Uh, Ford, Mitsubishi, Chrysler, BMW, and you told me Volvo. Yeah, I've been driving a lot of the Volvos lately because what they've done is they've made the entire range available as a plug-in hybrid so it's got a small battery and um and and it works in concert the the electric motor works in concert with the gasoline motor it's a different system than what everybody else uses because the electric motor powers the wheels of the rear axle and the front wheels are powered by the gasoline motor oh is that right that's interesting yes and and on top of that combined they're they're like 400 horsepower cars so they're quick Interesting. So you were, we were talking about this before the show, and you were saying that you had to drive 30Ks to get a recharge? To get a, to get a fast charge, to get one of those, those quick charges that we hear about, where, where I live in the middle of the city, I've got to drive, I don't know, about 30 kilometers to get to a fast charger. And that's, that is still a challenge for a lot of EV drivers. And, you know, you'd think that where we are today in 2021, and everybody's been talking about deploying these charging networks across the country, they're still not there from from my perspective. And I drive a lot of these plugins and and some EVs both here in Canada and in California, and it's the same thing in California. The only company that's got a great charging network is still Tesla. Yeah, because they got such a head start. What ten years? At least. Yeah. At right? least. Yes. At- so, you know, we are talking again in our conversation, maybe there'll be two types of cars that you have to own. One, which is purely electric, which is for local and, and city driving. And then the one that you want to take for cross country or further would be a hybrid. So explain to us what a hybrid is. So uh, a hybrid is. They, they call them plug-in hybrid electric vehicles where they've got a small battery pack. So, for example, these these Volvos have a, I can't, oh, off the top of my head, it's a it's a 13 kilowatt hour battery, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And that's enough to, to get you around for your regular day-to-day driving. For me, I get about, you know, 18 or 20 kilometers on the battery alone. And for me, that works great on a daily basis. And thankfully, these plug-in hybrids are also powered by a gasoline motor, so you don't have any of that range anxiety. But the the way they work is is pretty cool. I I do like these Volvos. I recently drove a BMW 3 Series that was a plug-in hybrid, and it performed very much the same in that it got about 20 kilometers worth of battery range. And because the electric motors make a lot of torque instantaneously, you can keep up with traffic. You don't need all the power of the gasoline motor to keep up with traffic and get on the freeway and and do what you want to do with a with a normal car. But what I love about it is you can charge these things. You can tell the car to charge the battery while you're driving. So mm. when you're transiting from one city to another on the on the highway, you can have a charge. By the time you get to your destination, you've got a you know few kilometers worth of battery range, and you switch the car over into pure electric and zip around the city on electric. Now they're a lot more expensive than uh, than a regular gas car. So is it worthwhile? Well, that you know, I don't do the the 
the the analysis and to the the long term value of these things. And I don't, I just don't see it. I think you've got to you've got to put a you know well over a hundred thousand kilometers on one of these cars to get your money back. Yeah, there was a recent article where a fella had a '09 uh, Leaf. And it needed a new battery, and the cost of the battery was 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 a quoted at thirty one thousand dollars initially, ended up being close to twenty thousand dollars to replace this battery, and the whole car was only worth four grand. So, I mean, the value of these things is really related to how good the batteries are. Correct? Absolutely. Now, the good thing is that the batteries that we, you know we don't have a lot of you know long term data on the 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 life expectancy of these battery packs because they're still in use. So that's a good sign. But the trouble comes when these things have to be recycled because they're uh, what they're they're called a monolithic battery pack. They're not modular in in any way. So it's one battery pack, that's it. So it, even if a single cell goes bad, the whole the whole battery pack goes bad. And what we were talking about earlier before the show, Dave, that a friend of mine has developed an entirely new approach to battery packs where he's developed a modular system where each individual pack is about three kilowatt hours and for me i'd like a you know maybe a 20 kilowatt hour battery pack which mm -hmm. means you know i'd i'd like maybe seven of these packs if i wanted a little bit more maybe 10 packs i'd get 30 kilowatt hours that's more than enough for daily driving as a pure ev and these packs weigh about 40 pounds they're designed to be installed by a completely untrained technician like someone like myself i figured it so, out i figured it out okay you want four six packs instead of a two four no i'll take a full two four <laughs> i'll take a full two four out all right well it's hot we got to get out of here brian thank you very much go to brian mask's youtube channel and find out what he's doing with gas cars and uh, some hybrids too this is dave's corner garage brian have yourself a great weekend after the break we're going to talk about Back to school time. We missed the X, but uh, we are going back to school regardless. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. You know, it is weird. You know, the station is right next door to the exhibition, and I have to pass the exhibition grounds to get here. And, oh, my, like, there's nothing going on. And I'm thinking it would be exhibition time, but it's not. Anyways, it is back to school time. We've got Raymond Chan on the phone with us. He's from the CAA. Raymond, you guys have been involved in this program for a hundred years is that right we have actually ca has been involved in advocacy and respect to school safety for uh the better part of a century since the early 1900s actually when the invention of automobiles uh kind of made the roads busier um ca has been taking action uh, really to prevent children from being injured on their way to and from school and and at that point they would be like stepping in horse poop you know because uh, it would be before cars almost yeah, in and around that time where we transitioned from uh, horse and buggy over to <laughs> automobiles, and I guess automobiles even back then were only going maybe at five kilometers an hour at, at sort of their top speed. But even at that point, we were talking about uh, uh, about safety of not only children, but also pedestrians out on our roadways. And how do we share that um, that, that, that that shared space, that, that particular roadway between motorists, between pedestrians, uh, between cyclists even now? Um, how how do we make things safer for everybody? And that's really a conversation that we continue to have up until this day. Well, I know bicycles aren't one of Dave's favorites, but uh, I, I, I know I know driving around in the city, even last night, I went, look at, they've taken lots of these roads now, and they've put actual 
you know, uh, dividers in between to make those bicycle lanes safe. Um, but I was thinking, too, that, you know, in the old days, like, I still drive past the public school that I went to as a kid. And back then, we walked to school. But now you have parents driving up to that same spot, all trying to drop their kids off at the same time, right? We do, yeah, and I think we're going to see an uptick in that, especially this year, you know, given the fact that uh, children have been out of school for the better part of 18, 19 months or whatever it is now. Um, CA is really reminding everyone to take extra caution when you're traveling through school zones. We're going to uh, see things a lot busier out there. It's going to be the first time, as I said, that kids are going to be actually physically back into the classroom, many of them, for a long, long time. And uh, the unpredictability of the 2021 school year means uh, we have an even bigger responsibility to watch out for children who are out there, who are traveling to and from school, who are going to be um, active within school zones and in those pickup and drop off areas within their local schools. Especially the younger ones. You know, they're going to be so excited to see their mates that they haven't seen in a long time. And the other thing I caught in your notes, too, is that if they're wearing masks, you know, their vision's going to be obstructed, right? Yeah, absolutely. With uh, with the COVID-19 pandemic, it's really changed the way that uh, everyone has um, seen and approached things in their daily lives, and that includes going to and from school. You're going to have kids uh, who are probably going to be masked up. Um, it, some of those masks may not fit properly on their face. It may uh, impair their their vision. So I think it, it's, um, it, it's important to remind motorists to be really vigilant when you're out there. Make eye contact with these children and other kids who are out there on our on our sidewalks and on our roadways and make sure that uh, they know what your intentions are as a driver and uh, you know what their intentions are if they're crossing the street if they're allowing you to go uh, making sure that uh, as a motorist we're respecting the rules of the road and that we're actually obeying uh, what's outlined in the highway traffic act let me pass it on to our masked uh, chairman david Masked Avenger. You know, they <laughs> handed out over 250,000 uh, camera tickets in school zones. So guys are not slowing down. They're not really taking care of it. And yet, in, when I see it in the States, in Florida, they take you down to 15 miles an hour, and there's police there to make sure that people actually behave. So you're absolutely correct. I mean, the speed is really the problem here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was on your program a couple weeks ago talking about uh, the dangers of stunt driving and speeding, especially when we were heading into the busy summer months. I think uh, a lot of that messaging really resonates into uh, the uh, school season as well, is that you really got to watch your speed. I mean, you don't know it um, as a motorist, but even going five kilometers over the speed limit, and you don't feel it as you're driving the vehicle, but that's a substantial increase. And uh, studies have shown that uh, the more that you increase the speed, uh, the greater likelihood you are to, uh, unfortunately, seriously injure or perhaps uh, kill an individual out there when you are operating a motor vehicle. So it's super important uh, that we do obey the, the rules of the road and, more importantly, obey that speed limit because there are going to be vulnerable uh, children who are going to be out there come September who are going to be going to and from school, and we got to watch out for their safety. You know, I have a, a few grandchildren, and they went to summer camp, and uh, the bus picks them up in the morning and drops them off at night. And I was astonished. They're supposed to traffic is supposed to stop both sides to let these kids de- get out of the bus. They it, they don't. People aren't aware of what's going on. Well, this brings back to the whole issue of of, of education, right? This would have been in that driver's handbook when you took your G1 test Mm -hmm. uh, that shows, you know, as long as there is no dividing um, uh, physical barrier um, on the roadway, traffic has to stop in both directions when you see a school bus with with its flashing lights, with that stop sign and and that arm 
uh, out in the roadway, um, your responsibility as a motorist is to fully stop and to make sure that you are stopped until uh, those uh, those lights and those arms are disengaged, uh, because that is the law. Uh, there are some strict penalties with respect to that, and there are new technologies involved as well. Many of the school buses, and they've been operating in some pilot areas within Ontario, of actually putting cameras on the side of school buses to capture some of these moments, because what they're finding is that these occurrences are happening more and more frequently, unfortunately. And it only takes one sort of tragic accident or one tragic collision to happen before any sort of policy action is is made yep. in, in most circumstances. And we really want to avoid that, which is why uh, us as an organization, CA, is really impressing upon motorists out there to really watch your speed, um, make sure that you're cognizant about your surroundings, making sure that... Um, you know what the intentions are of people who are out there on our roadways and, and, and intending to cross to and from uh, to and from the roadway and making sure that we're all getting to where we need to go in a safe manner. And how you're going to do that is by staying off your smartphone. Yeah, <laughs> distracted driving is, uh, is, is one of the big things that we see um, on the rise um, in addition to things like speeding, and it's important, right? You're operating a one-ton motor vehicle, right? You, you are behind the wheel of a... Um, of, of something that can cause a lot of potential harm. And I think you need to take great care when you're behind the wheel, making sure that you're paying attention to all of your surroundings, watching your speed, making sure that, uh, that, that those around you um, know that you're there and, and uh, making sure that uh, you're aware of, of, of how you're operating that particular vehicle, um, making sure that you're not speeding and, and, and doing all the right things that you should be doing because that's our... That's our job and our role and our responsibility as a motorist. And we all have to remember that driving is truly a privilege. It is not a right. Raymond, there's one of your points that I picked up. I actually read the notes. Okay, give me a pat on the back, would you? Um, great point. <laughs> great- one of the points you guys made, remember earlier I was talking about how they haven't changed the school that I went to. So there is no drop-off lane, right? It's still mm-hmm. the regular road. So what you can do, and your little baby is not going to hurt if they have to walk a block or so, is make up a spot, decide with your kids at the beginning of the year that this is the spot, which could be a half a block away or more, and but it's going to be a safe spot where there's going to be way less traffic, and that's where I'm going to expect to pick you up, and that's where you're going to find my car. So that was a great thing. Absolutely. Active school travel is something that CA actively promotes, and it's something that um, it is good for a for a active and healthy lifestyle, but also good to reduce things like congestion within school zones. Like you said, um, many older schools, especially in larger urban communities, simply don't have the space for pick up and drop off points. So um, a lot of times, you'll find parents who are in a rush in the morning. Right, they'll drive right up to the front doors of the school or as close as they can uh, to drop off their child. They stay there and to make sure that their kid is actually uh, in the front doors of the school and. If you've got one or two parents doing that, that might not be an issue. But if all, you know, 20 or 30 parents are doing that at the same time directly in front of the school, it can cause a bit of an issue with with congestion. So definitely we want to encourage, if possible, for uh, you to drop off your child perhaps a block or two away that you can park your vehicle safely and uh, away from those congested areas and try and take the time to map out a route, Um, you know, map out where it is that you're going to park your vehicle, the direct route that you're going to take to school from there and uh, figure out a way if, if you can incorporate some of your walking into, um, into your daily routine. That promotes active, uh, active, healthy lifestyle, but it also reduces that congestion within school zones, like I said. Great info, Ray. If people want to find out more about CAA and uh, all your topics, where do they go? 
Yeah, so our website has a, a number of great resources when it comes to uh, both uh, going to and from school and, and, and some of the safe practices that you should be following, but any other road safety initiatives as well. And you can catch it at caasco.com. All right, Ray, have yourself a great weekend, and thanks for joining us. We already appreciate uh, your time and the great points that you usually make. You too. Great, great chatting with you both. Take care. Thank you, Ray. What, Dave, what are we doing after the break? You know, I was just thinking, when we got out of school the last day, they gave us a ticket for the exhibition. Remember, <laughs> you used to get a little ticket, and you can go and, and you free. know, and, and you know, camera day was exciting, but not if they're going to be, not if every day is going to be a camera day. <laughs> Who knows? Jonathan Schlu is going to join us, and we're going to talk about Car Generator. Right after the break, this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. This is Dave's Corner Garage, and, you know, I, I was thinking about uh, the Wizard of Oz, and I'm thinking of Dorothy going, Toto, this ain't, we're not in Kansas anymore. You know, the house yeah. was twisting, and there was a storm a-brewing, and you know what happens when a storm's a-brewing, right, Jonathan Schlu? <laughs> Your power goes out, and you, you don't even expect it. It just happens at the worst possible time when you, it just happens so fast, too. So it's exactly right. Everything in the fridge is going to thaw. Exactly. You, uh, especially in the summertime, that's the most common thing that people want a, power, a car generator for is, is exactly for that. Some people you know, ask, what is a car generator? Um, so for people that might not have heard it, it's basically it's backup power without the generator hassles. It's the easiest way to basically turn your car into a generator. You can use it for lots of different things. You can use it for camping, for cottage or home backup, and for mobile power for events. Exactly. So, You've got an electrical generator on your car already, although we call it an alternator. And, and of course, the, the car generator just turns that AC into DC. So why buy another motor that you've got to service, you've got to put in gas, you've got to put up with the exhaust, the stink? You don't have to do any of that. That's exactly right. And actually this week we had, this week, um, we had a small storm that happened uh, midweek. And um, customers in Etobicoke, actually, funny enough, there's three people on that street, three houses. They all have uh, a car generator and uh, a tree fell down and knocked out power for them. So they basically just pulled out their car generator, sucked it up, and ran it. And Arnold in Etobicoke, he, he's one of them, and there's a couple other people. They basically pulled it out, and it kept their fridge running. It kept a couple lights on. They watched TV, and everything was good. So the power came on the next morning, but they had uh, they had a great night, and it was all good. So that's that's you can use it for, for that. It really, you just it takes a minute. You hook it up to your car and start your car, and that's it. So... Um, you, you can also use it for camping. So mm -hmm. we went camping just a couple of weeks ago in at, at Kilbear Provincial Park, and we eat our own dog food, as they say. So we uh, we went a couple of days. We got solar panels, but then we needed more power. So super easy. It's just eleven pounds. I hooked up our car generator to our car, uh, started it, let it run for a couple hours, and it recharged our batteries in the trailer back up to full, and we could make coffees and do our things we needed, and it was just really easy. So. Um, same thing goes for cottage or home backup as well. You, for a lot of people use it for the cottages, for fridge or TV or laptops and things like that. Again, without the hassle of a whole bunch of gas cans and storing things and all that, it's really, really easy. Now, one of the most interesting uses is one of our customers actually is Tally Towels. They make really amazing towels for boating, for camping, for everything. And they're actually doing a vendor market in Shirkston Shores. 
If you're out that way right now, they're in a market. Mm-hmm. You can check them out, tallytowels.com. And she used it to power up her computers, her fans. It's really hot. Uh, cash register in the laser engraver without the hassle or the noise of a generator. It's really easy. So that's another cool way that one of our customers used a car generator just this week. So it's pretty cool. John, one of the questions that a lot of people ask is how long can you let your car idle with the generator on it? You know, and that's a great question. And the answer is most cars can idle for 50 to 70 hours. But the the truth is that most of our customers actually very rarely do you need to use that. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of times people just run it like the, the people in Etobicoke. They actually just ran it for the evening, kept their fridge cold, watched TV, used some, some lights, and then they shut it off, off overnight. Like you can run it overnight, no problem, but a lot of people just use it just to add power. And then the next morning they just started it up again and, and they could use it. So, but if you, if the chips are down and, you know, um, <laughs> the, um, Whatever has hit the fan, um, you can actually use it. So in the winter time, it'll keep your your home furnace running around the clock. So the answer is, you can idle your car for fifty to seventy hours if you want. It works with gas, diesel, electric, and hybrid cars, all all the same way. And you can see on our website www.cargenerator.com. Um, you know that's where you can see lots of different examples. You can order it. It's a Canadian-made product. We make it right here in our factory in Scarborough, uh, which is pretty cool. And we ship it across. We've been in the market for six years now, and we ship it across both USA and Canada. Um, you know, it's one of those things. Um, since Dragon's Den, we've grown by 10 times. Wow. And our biggest challenge last year was just keeping these in stock and people ordering them delays, you know, waiting for them. It's, it's kind of like a fire extinguisher. You know, it's too late to buy it when you need, when you need it. <laughs> So well, Dave um, had a little bit of foresight. Dave, you already bought one, right? I have one, and um, and you've got it hooked comment, up to you've got it hooked up to a couple different things, right? Yeah, I put one at the cottage, and I take it to the back of my car, and when I go home, I have the I have it there. So it's 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 actually covering two different properties. Right. But the what I, the point I was going to make was that the, my neighbor has a, a lawnmower which he rides around like a little tractor. The thing stinks, makes a lot of pollution. And it's the same basic engine that they use in a generator. Here in a car, you've got no pollution because they have all the pollution systems they have. And you don't have any noise. I mean, the car just sits there quietly and idles. It's it's almost, you don't know it's on. So the the noise and the pollution, I think it's one hour of lawnmower equals 20 hours of car as far as pollution is concerned. And here is a situation where there is none. It's, it's really true. I mean, it was interesting just as a test uh, when we were camping in Kilbear Provincial Park. I ran my car for a couple hours to, to charge our trailer. And I actually went and asked the neighbors a couple of times, uh, different neighbors. I asked them, like, you don't know me. I don't know you. Did you notice I was running my car? Did it bother you at all? And none of them even noticed. Like, they noticed, like, they could see that I was running it, I guess, if they looked. But it didn't bother them. It wasn't noisy. You know, mm-hmm. but compare that to I walked around the campground and I could actually hear from far away. I could hear people running their generators and it's just, it's just so annoying. Everything else is quiet, but all of a sudden you've got this, like someone's leaving their lawnmower running and it's exactly really super annoying. So, all right, John, we got a boogie triple W dot cargenerator.com. Correct. And, and I've got a special discount code. If you order today, we check out, uh, use the discount code August two eight at checkout. You'll save a hundred bucks. Uh, order the all weather 1000. You get a furnace kit 
three-year extended warranty. And whoever orders today, you get $20 Baskin Robbins gift card. So you can take your sweetie out for uh, for date night at Baskin Robbins. So only the people that order today use coupon uh, discount cord, uh, code August28. Or you can call us, 1-800-750-4660. We'd be happy to take your order by... Um, by phone as well. So, and if and if you got ice cream left over, you can put it in the fridge. And if the power goes out, you can use your car generator. There you go. <laughs> That's exactly right. John, thanks for joining us. Have yourself a great weekend. You're welcome. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. All right. Bye That's bye. it. Right after the break, Dave and I are going to wrap this puppy up. We'll be right back. All right. We're back. This is Dave's Corner Garage, of course. And Dave is uh, at the helm. Dave, take it away. I actually got a call from my bank manager who actually listens to our show. How do you like that? So what he said was, we had a show before about talking about people with poor credit ratings buying cars and charging, getting charged way more interest than they should have. Mm-hmm. That was from an article from a lady in the Toronto Star, but I think it's Smith, that was her name. So he said, the most important thing to do before you're planning to buy a car, be it used, be it new, is find out what your credit rating is. How do you do and that? That's easy to do, right? How do you do it? Well, you basically call up or you go on the website. Uh, there's uh, Equifax and the other one, I think, is TransUnion. Mm-hmm. These are two websites that carry the information and find out what your credit score is. If your credit score is is like a six you're going to be paying a lot of money in interest. If your credit score is an eight, you're going to be getting the best rates. So the bottom line is do some homework, make sure that you know who you are as far as the establishment's concerned, and that way you're going to get a better price and better treatment. So bottom line, check out your credit score. Mm. Really, really, really important. Or uh, question, I mean, but if everybody is tight with their bank manager, could you not just ask them? Could they, would they not have that information on hand? I don't know if they'll do it for you, but you could try, yeah. Uh, I just got a note here that said Karma is a, is a website where it's free. It doesn't affect your credit score. And that's another thing. If, you're, if you have too many people checking your credit score, it actually drives it down. And the reason being is that they think you're out trying to raise money for something other than what you're doing. So it's called credit karma. Okay, there you go. Check on your right. uh, and and of course you you know when you're looking at a car you want to make sure that you're you know buying something you can afford. I mean, yeah. what what's the point of spending stupid money when you don't really need it? You're looking for basic transportation. Um, you know, so if you cut the cost down, if you're looking to cut the cost down, cut the value down of the car that you're looking at buying. Yeah, things like if you had a divorce, that really drives your credit rating down. Uh, there's, you know, social problems drives your credit rating down. You really got to be cautious of that credit rating and making sure that it's correct. The worst is the phone companies, like the the, the cellular phone companies. Mm-hmm. You know, you miss a payment, they report it right away. Um, you know, or or you got a problem with your contract, they report it right away, and that really does lower your number. Really, I wouldn't have known that. Um, yeah, so you got to be cautious. Well, I, I, you know, I leave the bill paying up to my wife. I hope she's doing a good job. I prepay all my bills, you know, like I put a put it like pay so much a month, and and that way I don't have to think about it because I've got so many things going on. It's just too much for me to do. So the banks, if you're if if you have an account in the bank, you can actually prepay. You know, you say every August the twentieth, pay this guy a hundred bucks, and and it's out of your mind. And it, by the end of the year, you've got a credit. All right, Dave, we're gonna have to wrap. Uh, we got to thank our guests. Of course, we had Brian Max today. He's uh, 
instead of uh you know driving uh fast well no but they make fast electric cars too don't they dave sure they do yeah look at the porsche they really honk yeah and uh of course but if you're driving around a school zone you don't want to be driving anything really fast uh raymond chan from caa had some great tips on uh, getting back to school please slow down put your phone down shut her off if you can't resist to pick it up uh you got to watch for those kids and of course jonathan schlue from the car generator www.cargenerator.com. He's got a special on, so check out the website, and you can save some dough today. Dave? We're having uh, Plumstead Olympics today. The kids are getting together. We're having uh, running contests and all kinds of stuff this afternoon, so we're going to have a great time. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Be careful out there. Remember, great. keep the shiny side up and the greasy side down. And keep the egg on the spoon, eh? Yeah. No, it's water. <laughs> this is Dave's Corner Garage. <laughs> Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.